morning. This is the Daily Wrestling News for December 9th, 2020. I am coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful Treasure Coast of the Sunshine State. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am joined today again by EWP Senior Impact Correspondent, the living legend, John DeCani. John, how are you? Good morning, sir. Good. Good to be, uh, to be back on with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are on the heels of a newsworthy night with Impact Wrestling, Twitch streamed out of control above 50,000 when they're typically in the 800 to 1,000 range is what PW Insider is recording. So a very newsworthy show for them. Hopefully, for the sake of wrestling, uh, they popped a huge rating and are in the news today. Um, today's agenda. It is a morning show. So we are introducing morning show type segments like this one, the ridiculously random non-wrestling, the audience needs to know you better question of the day for <laughs> our hosts. That'll be coming up right after the bell. Uh, we are going to go through an instant inventory of impact. We are going to talk about the Keith Lee documentary. We have some news, trivia, and then we're going to get out of here. And we probably won't make a half hour, but we're going to try. <laughs> so, uh, John, do you have your tools for success? Something to... Indeed. All right, perfect. Caffeine is ready. Let's go ahead and ring the bell and get the show on the road. So John, today's question is, if I were to go through your Netflix queue and review what shows you've watched and presumably enjoyed, what's the most embarrassing thing I would find? And to be fair, I'm going to play along, but I don't embarrass easily. So I'll just tell you, um, You'd find that I'd watch the all seven seasons of Gilmore Girls perhaps more times than I could count. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, I know I'm not alone on this uh, because of the uh, pandemic, but I was one of those who watched the Tiger King. And I, I don't know if I would immediately have said I fully enjoyed it, but when I heard that an extra episode dropped with, uh, you know, review, I forget what it was, the, the guy that used to do the soup or whatever. Uh, was talking to some of the initial players. I went back and watched the extra episode, so I guess you could say I enjoyed it. Okay, there you go, folks. You know a little bit more about your hosts now. We're going to go back into wrestling, though. So AEW Dark Notes from last night, they had 16 matches. The Varsity Blondes beat Reynolds and Cabana in the main event, which was pretty much the only thing that you couldn't really call by looking at it. Um, but the other thing that happened on Dark, Marco Stunt sang a song, and he did it really well. And if you're one of the people that don't watch Dark, which is a lot of people, uh, you should probably go seek that out because it'll probably blow your mind. Hmm. Uh, very talented person, I guess. Did you did you know he had those uh, pipes from the, the Jericho Cruise stuff that was going around last year? Never would have guessed that. No, I, didn't, I did not uh, read any, anything about that. Yeah, it, uh, very surprising. I, I had heard that he, he could sing, but... He can sing. <laughs> so uh, Dark wasn't the wasn't the main show last night, though. Of course, Impact was. So they had uh, tons of attention. And their show, uh, they, they delivered a show that I think will bring people back in future weeks. Uh, don't, don't you, John? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think they, uh, uh, as we discussed uh, last night on the uh, uh, watch along thread, 
Um, they seem to make just about every right move, you know, with which match to start with, which matches the book, uh, where to throw in a little comedy without going overboard and turning people off with inside gags. Uh, I think they put on a great show last night, and they, uh, they, they formed it just right. Yeah. I mean, you turn on the, the show, you get a rundown of what's on. It's a bunch of familiar faces, people that they know, uh, or or if not, at least people that are well-known in wrestling. Um, you start off with Chris Saban and Josh Alexander. Those are two teams. Uh, they're members of two teams that AEW people called out right away that they want to compete with. So um, I think it was a good way to say, okay, you've heard about these people. Here they are. And then you've got a bunch of people that you've heard of, some uh, it was in a, it was a variety show. So uh, we'll get into the details step by step, but we don't want to bury the lead. Let's go ahead and talk about Kenny Omega. So Josh Matthews had an interview with Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Callis looked to Omega and said, we got belts here. <laughs> Omega talked about being a collector. Uh, he was talking about comics, but I think he was referring to belts. Uh, John, any thoughts on what all this means? and what the big announcement could be tonight. Yeah, that, that was the thing that left me really guessing that there's going to be another big announcement uh, on uh, Dynamite tonight. And for the life of me, I can't figure what that is unless uh, Omega is going to tour the world and you know take the AEW uh, strap, which uh, to him is uh, Superman number one or uh, Action Comics number one. Uh, take that on tour with him to Japan and all over the world. I, I, I can't guess otherwise. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it could be, maybe they announce a match. Maybe that, yeah. Maybe they announced that that campaign of I'm going to go out and collect as many belts. I'll be the Ultimo dragon of 2020. Um, something like that. Uh, interesting segment. Uh, I think the, the thing that got me, which they're feeding this storyline, so I hope so. I hope this belt collector thing is what happens. Rich Swan tried to leave the building, and he was denied because that is the exit. Uh, that exit led to uh, the parking lot where the bus was parked for the champion. Rich Swan says, "I'm the champion," and they said, uh, "No, Mr. Kenny Omega, you're not allowed. So you're not on the list." So they're feeding the storyline. Yeah, yeah, they're, you know, the, the look on uh, Swan's face told me that, all right, maybe we are going to get a little uh, interplay here because that, you know, that's, can you imagine the match between those two? Oh, my God. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Rich Swan can do some pretty pretty awesome things in the ring, and he, he's not, I don't think he's ever been paired with anybody like Kenny Omega. Um, Unlikely. So, and certainly never in a, a high-profile match like that would be given the situation, so. Absolutely. So, Hopefully we see something like that. Time will tell. Um, the show opened with, as I mentioned, Chris Saban defeating Josh Alexander with a jackknife cover in nine minutes and nine seconds. And then Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone took out an ad. And Tony Khan was sure to say that he paid for that ad to talk about Dynamite tomorrow night. Uh, John, this was gold. This was absolute gold. I love this. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare you hear me say anything positive about Tony Schiavone. Other than me laughing at Jericho referring to him as Skiavone, but uh, yeah, that that segment was uh, was beautiful. <laughs> now uh, let's just play it back here. So you you play the role of Tony Schiavone, I'll play the role out of Tony Khan. Uh, Tony, you worked at Impact before, right? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, one night, and then uh, I quit the business for 18 years. Best line of the day. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you here, Tony. <laughs> Glad we brought you back. <laughs> yeah, and then a simple rundown of the Dynamite card and stuff like that, but a lot of fun. Tony Khan said, I could stop this. It could be, I could file an injunction. I could tell Kenny Omega he's in breach of contract, but I'm not going to because I think it's good for the business. I think it'll be good for the shows. Hopefully, Impact pops a big rating and we get to promote Dynamite. So, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of like a uh, here's here's the real truth type of answer while also playing the storyline a little bit. Absolutely. So, yeah, fun stuff. Uh, Brian Myers hit, used his clothesline to get the pinfall victory over TJP in 1047. A couple of WWE names people would recognize if they were tuning into Impact for the first time. So I think that was good to keep things going. Um, and then backstage, Rohit Raju mocked TJP and announced the final defeat Rohit challenge of 2020 will take place at final resolution. TJP cannot participate. Haha, <laughs> sorry but TJP just wishes him luck. So, John, who do you think in all of AEW and Impact is going to answer this challenge? I mean, they they kind of teased us, uh, you know, with the suicide and uh, it winding up to be crazy Steve. Uh, I'm not familiar with this character, but uh, I, I've, I've heard TJP used to wrestle, I guess, under a mask under the name of Puma. And, uh, sure. you know, I... I just think it's it's got to be TJP under a mask, you know, uh, maybe a, once again a, some kind of full body thing to cover all the tattoos. Uh, it's how could it not be TJP? Right. It, I mean, they've teased they've teased that so much. And and by the way, if it is TJP, then it's more than one person on Saturday that's going to be doing double duty with the Super J Cup. So. Because uh, Chris Bay is is in the world title match and the Super J Cup on the same night, only separated by a couple of minutes. So um, we'll see. I, I think that's the, that's where the Impact storyline has been going all along. I'm not sure if they'll pivot with this uh, AEW stuff, but we'll see. An open challenge is always kind of ripe for this type of thing. Sure. Eric Young hit the pile driver on Cody Diener for the pinfall in 341. Uh Diener, uh, the Diener's got attacked by both Doring and uh, Eric Young after the match. And then Rhino made the save, which then apparently leads to Rhino versus Eric Young at final resolution. So. Uh, Tommy Dreamer agrees to a match with Larry D for final resolution. The terms are if Larry wins, then he walks free. If Larry loses, then he goes willingly and, I guess, confesses to the murder of... Uh, not the murder, the attempted murder of Johnny Bravo. So, I mean, John, what's going to happen here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen here, but imagine, if you will, you're a you know casual wrestling fan and you're turning it, tuning into Impact for the first time last night, and you're you're asking yourself, wait, there's a there's a murder angle in in this show. Some someone was shot with a gun. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and they didn't dwell on it long, but they told the story, and you know, I, I'm okay with it. I love that whole story, <laughs> so it's it's perfect for me. Um, Tommy Dreamer is also concerned about the Kenny Omega situation. He talks to Scott to Scott to more about it. 
says he's been through this before. Scott says, listen, Kenny Omega, biggest star in the world. He's on our show. You need to relax. Go sell a T-shirt or something, man. Um, <laughs> does Tommy have a point or does Scott have the, have a point? I mean, it... yeah, well, they, they both do. You know, Scotty was right to say, you know, take the rub, do some retweeting, sell some T-shirts, do your thing. Uh, but uh, Tommy's right because, you know, that, that is very much the character of Don Callis, which I think is what he was most worried about, was that Don's always out for himself, as Tommy said. And, uh, you know, he's a snake in the grass. And <laughs> somewhere yeah. it's going to come back to bite someone on the tail. Yeah, and it looks like Rich Swan already. So um, Scotty made the point to say, Tommy, you're here because you're so good for the locker room. Go you know, take care of that problem for me. I think he needs to stop by Rich Swan's desk here pretty soon. I'm assuming all wrestlers have desks in the back. Uh, yeah, individual <laughs> office, better, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Rosemary pinned Kimberly in the Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. This sends Rosemary and Taya into the next round, but it also earned Rosemary a Knockouts Championship match at Final Resolution. The match went 6.59, tag match that is. So we have Rosemary versus uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Another situation where we took somebody with a killer entrance uh, and, and very compelling character and then put her in a situation where the next thing is a match against somebody you probably already know from WWE, NXT, or whatever. So another... Interesting booking, I think, in that situation because they they may be able to take advantage of that and then get you know people to watch this weekend, which I, I think is a big deal for them. Absolutely, and meanwhile, you still have these stories swirling around where Rosemary may not completely be off the hook in terms of <laughs> Rosemary might still not be off the hook in terms of uh, her husband getting shot. Uh, Diana uh, certainly, although it's you know didn't come up last night, certainly is not Sue Young is not done with her. So you know, lots of lots of stuff can go into that one right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and let's see. So let me go to Sammy Callahan did a promo to justify him hitting Eddie Edwards with a bat. Edwards returned and chased him away, and apparently that leads to. Announced after Impact, a mixed tag match between Alicia Edwards and Eddie Edwards versus uh, Sammy Callahan and oh no, I'm sorry, let me Neil back this up. Caleb with the K and Neil Dashwood uh, in the backstage area. Alicia says, "I helped you with your problem. You helped me with mine." And then apparently, after Impact went off the air, this match got signed. So uh, it's Neil Dashwood and Caleb with a K versus Alicia and Eddie Edwards. And Eddie is kind of back to being the insane Eddie that he was right after the original bat incident. So that adds an extra yeah, little ring. His eye didn't look too good either. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris Bay and Moose defeated Willie Mack and Rich Swan in 1155 in the basically the, me the main event of in-ring competition um, that led into the Kenny Omega segment. Um, so we got a whole bunch more matches signed for final battle. The one that nothing on the show really led to that is probably the, the very intriguing in my mind is the Falaba versus Hernandez with Kiera Hogan as special guest referee. And the ring announcer is 
Tasha steals. Uh, that just sounds funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no way that's not going to be the, the comedy moment of the evening. Right. Right. And you know, it's probably not going to be a great match, but it's going to be a comedy. So, all right, John, anything else on impact? I, I mean, it was a, it was a loaded show, tons of hype about it, broke the Twitch universe uh, ratings. I'm sure are going to go way up. Uh, any other closing notes as the senior impact guy? Uh, just uh, my only other comment would be just how much Don Callis loves putting the knife in the back of anything WWE. I mean, that, that whole that segment oh. with Kenny was was just shy of about 10 minutes long, and he must have squeezed about 8 to 10 little, you know, he starts the segment by saying, the champ is here, you know, and it's, you know, you're a Stanford stooge. Uh, he's the real world champ. Uh, you knew Ambrose from Tough Enough. It was just one after another after another. It was uh, very entertaining. I, I believe the last words spoken were, go back to Stanford. I mean, so it's like, yes, a time until they beat that, they beat that home. It was, that was very good. Yeah. Um, what would you say, scale of one to 10, where do you put last night's episode of Impact? It was a 10 in terms of anticipation. I'd put a, a solid eight and a half to nine in terms of uh, payout. You know, you, you pretty much got everything you wanted to see. You know, maybe there were some people, as uh, Kenny uh, briefly referred to, like, I hope you didn't think I was actually going to, you know, defend this belt here. So uh, I'm sure there were a handful of people that maybe thought that we would see him in action, but I wasn't expecting that. So I think we got pretty much exactly what we expected. Right, right. Now, earlier this week on Monday, I asked John Smith to 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 talk about war games on a scale of one to 10. And he put war games at like a six and a half, but we're talking about different scales here. You know, an impact wrestling television show, well, one to 10, this was up there. Um, and, oh, yeah. and war, you know, war games for John in the mid, in the mid uh, middle range, a passing grade, <laughs> I guess. Um, okay. So next thing I want to talk about, um, I'm watching Monday night raw, taking my notes and things for the show. I switch it over to raw talk, still taking my notes and stuff. Raw Talk ends, and on comes the Keith Lee documentary on the WWE Network. Now, I haven't gone out of my way to watch this, but um, I wanted to bring it up because I did watch it, and I thought it was really good. Um, it's just another example of fantastic WWE documentaries. Uh, it takes us through uh, Dusty Rhodes telling Keith Lee he had a presence that he could literally bask in, and that's where we get the bask in my glory. Uh, Keith Lee living in a car getting attention on the indies, talks about being rejected from WWE three times before finally getting signed. Then he talks about wrestling with NXT, moving to the main roster, and Triple H addressing the NXT uh, the NXT crowd, I guess, on um, Lee's last night. Had really nice things to say about him. Uh, working with Vince McMahon and where Lee plans to go from here. Uh, if you watch this documentary, if you go into this documentary not as a Keith Lee fan, it's going to be hard to come out of it uh, anything but so uh, just a recommendation if you know if you've got time to kill and you want to watch uh, one of these WWE documentary specials have something to put on while you're wrapping your Christmas presents this is this is an option I took your advice and watched the Liv Morgan one after uh, we spoke briefly about that last week and that was uh, done very well which again as I always say 
and uh, I, I believe you agree. WWE always knocks it out of the park when it comes to things like this. And uh, based on your recommendation and just the the little uh, bits that we got in between Raw and whatnot, I absolutely intend. This one is in the queue. Very good. Uh, as it should be in everybody's queue at this point. Um, okay, so we've talked about a lot of news, but we have a news portion of this show. And for that, we have this. And we're back. So uh, some news items. We haven't really covered an official news segment on the show for uh, the majority of the week. We've been very busy with guest, guest, uh, guest, guests on the show and, and other things. So let's get into it. Uh, two matches added to final battle. Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus versus Fred Yehi and Wheeler Yuta in the first ever Pure Rules tag team match, along with Danhausen versus Brian Johnson. So uh, there's two more matches for the December 8, 18th show coming up. Uh, but the big news this week, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are having a baby. Hooroo. And I am wearing my Becky Lynch shirt today. And I as, as I wore one yesterday in anticipation of getting to the news, but we didn't get to. But, uh, <laughs> John, I want to ask, last night on the Essential Wrestling Podcast, we heard the card for WrestleMania 61. And uh, we didn't have the opportunity to pick the matches. But do you see uh, Rue Lopez, Rue Rollins, Rue Lynch, whatever we're calling uh, the, this new baby, do you see this baby coming out on top in WrestleMania 61? I, I just I see no other way. I mean, you know, yeah. she's got – this child has got about as uh, pure a pedigree as you can get. You know, both Mama and Papa have already headlined WrestleManias and had some most incredible moments of the last seven years. Yeah, Royal Rumble winners—they won just about every title in the in the WWE. So, uh, congratulations to Becky and Seth, and uh, we will look forward to seeing the debut of Rue Lopez, Rollins, Lynch, whatever <laughs> Quinn. Uh, <laughs> PW Insider reports that WWE filed a trademark for Tyler Rust. Uh, that appears to be the ring name of who was previously known as Rust Taylor. He's the guy who, the student of Timothy Thatcher that attacked Tomasa Ciampa on NXT a couple weeks ago. So it looks like probably going to put a t-shirt out pretty soon. So that means Talk he's probably going to uh, in news that would make Al Carl's heart sing, Eva Marie is, in fact, part of the WWE roster, just not publicly yet. That's according to several news outlets. So, uh, Royal Rumble winner, John? Really? <laughs> Al does his happy dance the whole time. Right. Uh, so, well, John Moxley has lost the AEW World Championship. He is still the U.S. IWGP United States Champion, and Kenta has been carrying around the Right to Challenge briefcase for for several months now, and he has actually been defending the briefcase for several months now. Uh, 
I think common knowledge is that or common thought is that they probably should have just made him the interim champion because he's had way more defenses of the briefcase than Moxley has as of the belt. Um, but he's going to be defending that briefcase again on Friday when he wrestles Brody King on New Japan Strong. So there you have it. Tune in for that if you like to see Kenta wrestle. This Sunday, though, WWE Untold Goldberg's Streak premieres on the WWE Network. Uh, John, were you a fan of Goldberg back in the day, or at least a fan of WCW in that era? Were you watching it at all? Yeah, yeah, I was watching, uh, you know, during the Monday Night Wars there and whatnot. And I, I remember specifically telling my brother, I guess maybe I first saw Goldberg on a couple of maybe uh, Saturday nights. And I was like, this is, this is this new guy coming up and he's just, he's I don't, I don't know how skilled he is because his matches never last more than 15 seconds, but he's killing people. And by the end of his run or by the end of the streak and whatnot, I was up over my head. I had had enough of him, but uh, yeah, I remember sure. being excited, uh, excited for him early. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just goes to show, you know, like stringing some wins together can, can do a lot for a character. Um, but, you know, he had this killer entrance music. He had a good shtick with the people walking in the back and knocking on the door and him walking out like a maniac and getting burnt by the pyro and, spick, you know, smoke coming out of his nose and things like that. He, you know, wrestling, you know, he's probably in similar vein to Hulk Hogan. He's got a move set of three to five moves. But, and those include punch kick, by the way. Um, but an excellent showman. You know, and you did all that. Hogan had excellent mic skills. Goldberg, he didn't really have that, but he was a good showman in like every way. He just put on a good show. So it'll be fun to watch the WWE's version of that. Of course, they were not looking on Goldberg fondly during those times. Yeah, they they, uh, they crafted that character very well. Everything about it was done well. It just probably strung out a bit too long for a lot of people. sure, sure. So it's not really news, uh, but I guess it's more of a reminder that the Thunderdome has left the Amway Center, and they will be debuting at Tropicana Field. Um, with a little bit of work, not much at all, just some Googling, you can see some early images. Uh, this is a much bigger place than the Amway Center, so it'll be interesting to see if they try to build it in. It kind of looks like that, but I'm sure they're going to want to take advantage of the fact that they're in this enormous space. So should be fun. You, do you think uh, now, of course, it's the Thunderdome setup, so we're still going with the monitors and everything. Do you think they're going to mix in, uh, you know, it's Florida, so I imagine they could get away with letting some people in. you think we're going to actually get uh, some fans in the building? I, not not initially, I don't think, because I, I, I think they've been saying it's a closed set. Um, I, I think at some point, though, I think they'll do, I think they'll probably stay in Tropicana Field. And then when they're allowed to bring fans in, they will bring fans there initially and then, you know, make, make plans otherwise. But um, I really hope that they able, they're able to have fans at the Royal Rumble. That, that event is just one I think that, that really needs them. So, um, And if they do and I'm able to go, you darn right I'm going to go. <laughs> it, Royal Rumble is on my bucket list. I have never been to one. Man, even though I, I, I've been to one and it, it was uh, it was fantastic, uh, and that's that's probably my favorite event of the year. I should have gone to Royal Rumble 1992 when Ric Flair won. 
uh, I was eight years old and I really didn't understand geography or anything, but I lived in upstate New York and that event took place at the Knickerbocker Arena, which has gone through 17 different name changes since, but uh, <laughs> it was about an hour from me. Oh, wow. I just, you know, I, I was, didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> All right. So that covers the news, John. It's that time. Are you ready for trivia? Is I'll ever be. Well, let me uh, before we before we get into the proceedings formally. Let me bring up the score. Okay. You need a strong performance. <laughs> you need a strong performance. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get this thing get this thing going. I'm going to uh, play your video. And we'll begin. Okay. We're going to have five questions. A simple majority right gets you the W. If you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award. And if you lose, you get a Hawkins. The theme for today's questions are Royal Rumble 2020. So it's a time not too long ago. But of course, it feels like ages ago because they had fans and there was no coronavirus and life was good. And it was January. And first question, Roman's Reigns is, of course, undefeated in singles competition this year. His first pay-per-view win of the year was over King Corbin at the Royal Rumble. What was the stipulation for their match? Was it A, Falls Count Anywhere, B, Steel Cage Match, C, tables match, D, dog food match, or E, none of the above. It was a regular singles match. Uh, that was the dog food match? I'm sorry. That was the, it was a false count anywhere match. Okay. Not off to a good start, but I think you're going to turn things around. <laughs> what else is new? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> for one. Charlotte Flair won the Women's Royal Rumble, but three women accounted for the majority of the eliminations. Charlotte had seven, Shayna Baszler had five, and this woman had eight eliminations. Was it A, Beth Phoenix, B, Alexa Bliss, C, Bianca Belair, or D, Mandy Rose? Bianca Belair. That's right. Bianca Belair had eight eliminations, which is pretty darn good considering she was the 16th eliminated. Mm. So Becky Lynch was determined to get a win over this woman who she previously just couldn't conquer. Was it A, Charlotte Flair, B, Alex Bliss, C, Asuka, or D, Santina Marella? Uh, her, uh, her could not beat was Asuka. That's right. Oscar and Becky did get the win. Okay. You're going into the back half here with uh, two for three. You have a really good shot at getting the Goldberg Oscar award. Um, we're going to shift to the men's Royal Rumble now, who Drew McIntyre won, and that's been well documented. But it's always fun to look at who the last four people in the ring were at the end of the Rumble. This year it was the returning edge. Randy Orton, and this man. Was it A, Seth Rollins, B, Roman Reigns, C, Bushwhacker Luke, D, Bushwhacker Butch, E, Kevin Owens? Uh, Seth Rollins. 
I'm sorry. It was Bush. I mean, no, it was Roman Reigns. <laughs> I didn't remember Reigns doing double duty. Damn it. This is a must win. This is a must win. And it's the layup question. So hopefully you can, uh, hopefully you can <laughs> get this one and we can leave with the Goldberg Oscar award and you know, all will be well at the 2020 Royal rumble. This man eliminated Elias, Eric Rowan, Robert Roode, John Morrison, Rey Mysterio, Big E, Kofi Kingston, Cesaro, Sheldon Benjamin, Shinsuke Nakamura, MVP, Keith Lee, and Braun Strowman, but he didn't win. <laughs> That's right. Brock Lesnar won. He was eventually eliminated by Drew McIntyre, which gives John today... The Goldberg Oscar Award. Congratulations. Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> All right, folks, we're getting we're getting pretty much done here. Uh, let's go through a couple of things. I have a book. And you can get that at thewinsandlosses.com. It's basically a book. I've been tracking about 500 wrestlers all year, tallying their wins and losses, and I've put it all into a book, and I'm putting it out for sale. It's $10 pre-order right now. It'll go to 20 at the beginning of the year. You can get that at thewinsandlosses.com. We also have Jingle Brawl coming up uh, December 19th at the Daytona Beach Ocean Center. Uh, you can watch. You can go there live, or you can watch it on fight. Um, so tune in. We have the Essential Wrestling Podcast every Tuesday at 6 p.m., hosted by Al Carl, and John and I are also special guest hosts. They are running a promotion right now where you can win a free Jim the Animal Nightheart 8x11 signed photo. Here's how you do it. You go to the I-95 Sports Network on YouTube, join the channel by clicking subscribe, RKOing the notification button, and putting a comment on their show with the hashtag EWPAnvil. And that's going to do it for today. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. John, any parting words? A good time had by all. Thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, folks. See you back here tomorrow for the last show of the week.